0: Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18 to verse number 21, four verses this morning. Yeah. Are we there, family? Listen to Paul making two assertions, two imperatives. Paul says, and do not get drunk with wine, wherein but be filled with the spirit. Speaking to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks in all things and for all things to the Lord God, even the Father. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Our text this morning, verse 18, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. I invite you to look your neighbor in the eye. Now, for this one, you got to look him right in the eye. Amen. Look him right in the eye. And I want for you to ask your neighbor on your way to your seat, are you under the influence? Yeah, have your seats this morning. Are you are you under? I I can I can tell by some of the laughter and responses that some of y'all have heard that before. Not you, I mean your cousins, your cousins. I meant your cousins. Amen. You you've heard that before. Are you under? I appreciate the Apostle Paul this morning, and I appreciate the Apostle Paul because of his dealing with the subject matter of what it means to be filled with the Spirit. I appreciate the Apostle Paul for how he introduces what it means to be filled with the Spirit by juxtaposing and using comparison and contrast to show the difference. Did you see him? Notice before Paul says be filled with the spirit, Paul says what you don't need to put in your body. He says don't get drunk with wine wherein is excess but be filled with the spirit. Paul, why do you equate and use drunkenness with being filled with The spirit, Paul says, the reason and the motive behind me using don't get drunk in comparison to being filled with the spirit is because you know as well as I do, I know that when you get that alcohol in your body, it tends to have certain effects on your behavior. Yet you don't believe me, do you? But scientists have actually discovered that when a person takes in alcohol in excess, alcohol in excess begins to have an effect on the part of your brain called the hippocampus. You heard of the hippocampus? The hippocampus is the part of your brain that is responsible for decision-making and memory. Now, I know some of you in here this morning, you can't testify to this because you've never been there before. So can we bring some of your cousins to the courtroom of interrogation this morning? But can any of you testify that you've seen even some of your own cousins take in too much of that all in their body? Amen, somebody. And they begin to make decisions that they would not have made before they put that stuff in their body. That is, it has some effects, number one, on their behavior. But number two, it has some effects even on their memory. I remember even, even in my past when I have hung with some, of, some, of some, some folk in the past before that, that when they get that all in them, they number one. They do some stuff that they would not have done before. Y'all know this. It's called liquid courage. Amen. Somebody. They they say some things and do some things that they would not have done before. But what is more interesting than that? Rather than how they act, it's the next morning when they can't even remember. Because when you consume too much alcohol, it has an effect on your body. But Paul juxtaposes. Drunkenness with the spirit, because what Paul has in mind is this alcohol makes you act up, but the spirit makes you act right. Amen. Somebody alcohol makes you act out, but the spirit makes you get yourself together. And I'm in this passage this morning. It is so important. And before I say my next phrase, let me say it this way. I have told you even in the past that I am not a preacher that is dedicated to pleasing the brotherhood. I want to make that clear from the onset. I am not a preacher that stands behind this sacred desk and I preach what the brotherhood has told me to preach. But I am a man of God that stands behind this sacred desk preach, number one, what the word of God says and what the spirit leads me to say. And so therefore this morning, I am aware and I'm sure that when many of you heard me even read the passage, Ephesians chapter five, verse number 18 and 19, automatically you assume that I was going to bring a message this morning talking about the use of mechanical instrument of music and why we, some of us as members of, of the church of Christ do not use mechanical instrument of music in worship. That is, we have led people to Ephesians chapter five, verse 18 and 19 to teach them that the Bible says to sing and while perhaps it might say to sing, the emphasis of the verb is not sing but to be filled with the spirit. And I believe that members of the body of Christ are thirsty for the truth because because we have used it to fight people and to abuse people and by doing that we have taken it out of its context. Paul ain't talking about no instrumental music. He's talking about the child of God that has been filled. Amen, somebody, with, with, with uh, the, with, with, with the Holy Spirit. Listen this morning, family, very clearly. Who needs this sermon? And who needs to be aware of the effects of being filled with the Spirit? And secondarily, why do you need the Spirit? Family, you need the Spirit today because of where we're going next week. You don't know where we're going next week. Do you know what chapter 5 talks about? Wives, don't get tight on me. Wives, submit. Amen. Somebody to your husbands. Husbands, you ready for your part? Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loves the Y'all ain't with me yet. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So before we can get to husbands, love your wife, wife, submit to your husband, children, obey your parents. Paul says before you can do that, you must first be filled. Amen. Somebody with. With with the Holy Spirit and Paul says when the Holy Spirit is at work in the life of a believer, it affects them in this text. You ready? The main verb is to be filled. But then there are five preceding participles that modify the verb to be filled. That is Paul is saying that when you are filled, there are five participles attached to be filled. That is when you're filled, there are five actions you will complete this morning. We should only talk about three of them. Number one, Paul says, listen, when you are filled with the spirit, your worship is affected. Secondly, Paul says, when you are filled with the spirit, your gratitude is affected. And lastly, when you and I are filled with the spirit, our humility is affected. Listen, listen. Paul says, when you're filled with the spirit, your worship is affected. Listen to him. Don't get drunk with wine where it is in excess, but be filled with the spirit. Paul, what happens when I'm filled with the spirit? You ready for the first participle? Speaking to each other in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ready for the second participle? Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So what what has changed? My worship has changed. Now, family, listen. Listen, you got to catch this. Understand that biblical worship is not one way. Worship has a vertical element to it. That is what we individually give towards God. That is our worship. And worship in the original language means to kiss towards. So when we're worshiping, we're literally blowing a kiss at God. But worship not only has a vertical relationship, but we need to be aware that worship also has a horizontal relationship. Lord, have mercy. It's a vertical relationship, what we do towards God, but it also is a horizontal relationship in what we do towards one another. Y'all don't trust me yet. Look at Psalm chapter number 95, and I want to show you what I'm talking about when I say it's vertical and horizontal. It's horizontal in this nature. Watch him in in Psalm 95. He says, oh, come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Do you see what he's doing? In Psalm 95, though they are singing to God, they are trying to encourage one another. That is, look at how good God has been to us. And because God has been so good to us, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, let us, amen, somebody, give worship unto God. Worship is vertical. That is what I do towards God. But you also need to know that worship has a horizontal element to it. Family, don't you know that your worship can encourage somebody else? Y'all not following me yet this morning. Y'all ain't excited like I thought you would be right there. That is, Do you know that your worship can encourage somebody else? 'all, 'all, All right, listen, listen. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here, family. There have been times where I have had to stand behind God's sacred desk and preach the word of God. And before I entered into the building, I either had a, a, a migraine or a sinus headache or I had the flu or I was down and out before I got in here. But all of a sudden, when, when our worship leader struck up a song, all of a sudden, what bitter drill couldn't do. The Holy Spirit was able to do all of a sudden what the antibiotics were unable to do. The Holy Spirit was able. all of a sudden, though, somebody else could not encourage me. When our worship leader opens his mouth, all of a sudden, when I look at my brothers and my sisters that I know are going through trouble, singing and praising God, there's something inside of me. Amen. Somebody that 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 begins to change. You still don't believe me yet. That's where we get Acts chapter 16. Do you remember in Acts chapter 16? The Bible says Paul and Silas are there in Philippi, and while they're in Philippi, they run into a girl who is able to get, she's a fortune teller, able to tell fortunes. Paul and Silas preach the word to her, and the demon inside of her, the, the unholy spirit comes out of her. The Bible says those that own the girl got upset because their way of making money was upset. I wish I had a church right here. need You understand something? The dope man ain't going to be happy with you when you start preaching the gospel to those he sell dope to because you will take away his way of making Amen, man somebody. But the Bible says that Paul and Silas, Paul and Silas took the spirit, got the spirit out of that girl. They got upset with Paul and Silas. They brought Paul and Silas before the chief magistrates, beat them with rods, and threw them into prison. But I'm glad the Bible doesn't stop there. The Bible says at about midnight, Paul and Silas were there in prison, and they were praying, and they were singing unto God. Ross, what are you talking about? They didn't wait to get out of prison to give God some praise. Right there in the prison, they start giving God some praise. Ross, watch this. The Bible says, and the other prisoners were listening to them amen somebody they were encouraging people that were in the same position that they were in child of God don't you know that when you come in worship you don't have the right to keep your mouth closed when you come in worship God has been too good for you to you to keep your mouth shut but sometimes when you open up your mouth what you say could encourage somebody else to go on just one more day Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. Paul and Silas down there in prison. And the Bible says while they're down there in prison, the foundation of the prison, while they're singing, begins to shake. And all of a sudden, the handcuffs come off and the doors fly wide open. Child of God, you ain't heard me yet. Do you know what I'm saying? What I'm saying to you is that notice the bars came open and the chains came off, not before they start praising God. But after they stop, Lord, have mercy. Listen, there are some of us in here this morning that we are in prison. I'm not talking about a physical prison and behind physical bars. But some of our minds are in prison. Some of our marriages are in prison. Some of our finances are in prison. Some of our education is in prison. Some of our spirituality is in prison. But if you want to get out of prison, give God some praise. Amen, somebody. Amen. Amen, somebody. Listen, Listen, family. Worship. Worship. I I need to say this right here. Worship ain't just about you. Amen, somebody. Worship Worship is not simply about you, and worship is not just between you and God. But when you come into God's house and you give God some praise publicly, the praise you give him just might be the encouragement that somebody else needs to make it one more day. But not only, not only does it affect our worship being filled with the Spirit, but it also affects our gratitude being filled with the spirit. Paul said it this way, being thankful in all things and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our gratitude is is affected. Do you remember Luke 17? That the Bible says that Jesus there were ten men with leprosy and they came to Jesus and Jesus healed those ten men and Jesus says now go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says when they went and did that there was only one Samaritan that returned to Jesus and fell down before him and began to thank him. And Jesus looked and said, wait a minute, weren't there ten of you? Where are the other nine? That is, those other nine had forgotten how good God had been to them. And so they did not return to tell God, thank you. Amen, amen, somebody. Tell God, thank you. That is the same picture of the children of Israel. You remember them? The children of Israel. Remember the children of Israel, God had delivered them from 400 years of slavery and captivity. And the Bible says when God delivered them, that they began to open up their mouth and give God some praise until their stomachs got hungry. And the Bible says then they began to grumble against Moses and against God. Amen, somebody. That is, they had forgotten the God that brought them out of slavery. And they stopped giving God thanks. And they began to grumble against God. Uh, let me say it this way. Uh, Tyron Lue, y'all know Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue, he is, he is the, uh, well, was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you remember in 2017, I know I got some LeBron haters in here, but it's all good. You're going to make it through anyway. Amen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyron Lue was the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2017. And in the NBA Finals, the Cleveland Cavaliers went down to the Golden State Warriors three games to one. The Cleveland Cavaliers, as you know, were champions that year because they came back from a 3-1 deficit by winning three games in a row. After the game, Coach Tyron Lue was asked, Coach, did you believe that your team would be able to come back from being 3-1 down knowing that no one in the history of the league has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit. Coach Tyronn Lue look, looked the camera straight, looked at the camera straight, and he says, listen, I did believe that we would come back because I believe that great things happen to great people. I don't know what church he goes to, but I know he doesn't go to the Avenue F Church of Christ because I'm going to tell you something, Coach Tyron Lue, though that sounds good, that's not reality. And, child of God, let me be clear with you. You better be lucky that things, you better be glad that great things only happen to great people. Because the reality is, we're not blessed because we're great. We're blessed because God gave us grace. Amen, somebody. Amen, somebody. No, I'm not great. But I serve a great God who is able to give exceedingly beyond all that I ask or even think. So Tyron Luke, though that philosophically sounds good, God has not blessed me because I'm great. God saw me at my worst, but decided to give me his best. Amen, somebody. Listen, listen, listen. There was a man. There was a man. Matter of fact, he was a janitor. In 1948, he was a janitor. And he had been a janitor for 40 years in the public school system. And for 40 years, as he walked through the school, as he walked through the school, every time he saw a penny, he would pick up this penny and put the penny in his pocket until he got home. And over the course of a 40-year career, he would go home, and he would just take the pennies out of his pocket, and he would just drop them in the five-gallon Ozarka buckets until 40 years had passed. On his retirement, He decided to go and cash in those buckets. Do you know that over the course of 40 years, he had filled up 15 five-gallon buckets full of pennies? And when he filled them up, he took them to the bank, cashed them in, and received in excess of $5,300 by simply picking up the pennies along the way. Child of God, come here for a second. That is, everybody else had walked over the pennies. Nobody else worried about the pennies. But because he knew the value of the small things and he picked up the small things, now, 40 years later, he can look at the labor and his reward and be happy because of the labor in which he had labored. Child of God, come here for one second. Stop waiting for God to do something big in your life for you to give God some praise. Is it not good enough? Is God not worthy of your praise? Just a simple fact that God woke you up this morning. That God put breath in your body. That he kept your children, kept your mind. You got a job to go to. You can go to your refrigerator and open it up, and you can choose what you going to eat. You got meat stored up for months, and amen, somebody, for weeks and years, canned goods in, in the cupboard. I mean to tell you, family, listen, thank God for the small things. Amen, somebody. Thank him. Thank him. Thank him for the small things. Not only that, not only that. Being filled with the spirit helps us in our worship. It helps us in our gratitude, but it also helps us in our humility, in our humility. Paul said it this way, submitting yourselves to each other in fear. I still have a church or y'all sleep on me. Amen, somebody listen. Submitting yourselves to one another out of fear. Uh, Interesting, I didn't know. Uh, But the doctors have come up with a new diagnosis. And it's happening uh, to people, especially between the ages of 15 and 45 was an Asian girl. She's around 29 years old. She went to the doctor, and, and, and she was complaining of pain in her right wrist. Severe pain in her right wrist. And the doctor said, well, well are you, do you do strenuous work with your right hand? She said, no, I, I don't do anything strenuous at work with my right hand. He said, okay, well, explain your day to me. And she explained, and nothing, nothing appeared to, to appear as to why. He said, okay, well, show me the position that you're in when your wrist begins to hurt. And she said, "Okay." She said, "Normally I'm like Normally I'm 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 like this. And when I'm like this, my 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 wrist begins to to hurt." So there's a new diagnosis called selfie wrist. <laughs> Y'all know what a selfie is, don't you? A selfie is when you take your camera and you turn it on you so that the camera captures you. And as a result, her wrist began to hurt because all of her focus has been on her. Hey, 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 amen, hey, amen, Somebody on on, on, on her. Be, be, it began to hurt her because all her focus was on her. Oh, okay, Paul says what the Spirit of God inside of you allows you to do is to be more concerned about others than you are even about your own self. Now, wait, don't misquote me. I did not say, don't worry and take care of yourself. No, the preacher is saying, take care of yourself. But what I am saying also is you should not be the only one that you are worried, amen, somebody, that you are worried about. Paul says the family of God, the child of God, we should be able to submit ourselves to one another because we are in fear and we have reverence for Jesus Christ. For a child of God, what does that look like? Who's the only, who do you pray for? Who do you celebrate? Amen. Amen. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Am I glad of my children's achievements? I'm glad at every achievement that my children have attained. But a, that's to see a selfish person. I only get happy when my children do well. But a person that's not about themselves. I not only get happy when my children do well, but when Brother Powell's children do well. I'm happy for Brother Amen, somebody. I'm happy for Brother Powers. I'm doing well. I'm happy when my marriage is going well. But when your marriage is restored, I can get just as happy. Amen, somebody. It's not all about me. Ross, we'll talk about yourself. It would be a shame if the only pulpit that I lift up is that pulpit. But I want to lift up Brother Gibbs' pulpit at Greenville Avenue. I want to lift up Willie B. Williams' pulpit at North, Gay, man, somebody, at North County. It ain't all about you. Instead of. Taking selfies. Why don't you take some portraits? Amen, somebody. Why don't you take some? Look look at my brother looking all good. Look at look at my sisters looking all good. Oh, look, look how well their children are doing. Look at that nice looking. Oh, my God, you just look so wonderful. You ready? Who's on your Facebook? Amen. So it is what it is. Amen. It is what it is. I'm already out there. Might as well stay there. But is the only person you celebrate you. Or do you find it to celebrate the greatness of other people? Amen. Somebody listen. It is my worship. It is my gratitude. It is my humility. Oh, Lord. But also with that, there's something I got to say. Understand what Paul uses when he says, be filled. Can I teach you something right here, family? In the Greek understanding, imperative can be used two ways. An imperative can, number one, be used in an aorist tense, and secondly, in a present tense. Don't get hung up on the words, I'm going to explain but it can be used in an aorist tense and in a present tense. The aorist tense speaks of something, an imperative, which is something I command you to do, but I only want for you to do it one time. Okay, you see this. Remember in John chapter number, John chapter number two? Remember that? When Jesus was at the wedding in Cana in Galilee? I know a church folk don't know no other scripture. They know that one. Amen, somebody. Amen. Jesus turned water. Amen. Hey, hey, amen. <laughs> hey, Listen. But you remember Jesus, the the wine ran out, and you remember Jesus' mother says, wait, Jesus, they've run out of wine. And Jesus says, woman, what does this have to do with me? My time has not yet come. And the Bible says his mother looks at the men and says, you do whatever he tells you to do. And Jesus looked at them and said, fill the water pots. Did y'all catch that? That's an aorist tense. Jesus did not. Jesus says, fill them. But I only want for you to fill it one time. When Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. Paul does not use the aorist tense. He uses the present tense. And what the present tense shows is that it's not something that I want for you to do one time. But it's something that I want for you to keep on doing. So when God says be filled with the spirit, God is not saying it's something that is only a one time event, but it's something that you have to seek daily. It's something that you have to seek hourly. That is God fill me up child of God this morning Avenue Well, Somebody shout with me, Lord, fill me. Yes, sir, uh, I got some devils on my job, Lord. Fill me. Amen. I, mean, I got one for your boss. Amen, somebody. Amen. You, you got to go to church. And your boss always talking about why you always going down there to that church. You can't never work on Wednesdays and Sundays because you got to go down there to the church. I got one. You know what you tell them? I got to go to church, and you should want me to go to church because you don't want to see me. When the Lord's spirit is not within me. Amen. Amen. Somebody you ought to want me to go to church. You ought to want me to be in the Lord's church because I need the Lord's spirit to fill me up so that I act how I'm supposed to act. Amen. Amen. Somebody listen. Hey, 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 that's one for you. Use that one. Amen. Somebody. Why are you always going down there to that church? Let me tell you something. You don't want to see me. Amen. Amen. Somebody. Amen. Somebody. Listen. We need, child of God, we need, we need the spirit of God to fill us. Uh, Years ago, my wife and I, we uh, dropped the kids off at the grandparents' house my folk with children. You're supposed to say amen right there. Amen, somebody. Yeah, we dropped the kids off. Yeah, and I took I took my wife, amen. We went on down to Galveston. To the beach. And and family, interestingly enough, when we got there, we did some tailgating. We had the barbecue pit and, and all of that. And I tell you, man, it was rough that day because we set yeah I had I just bought this tent. Y'all know the big canopy tent? I just bought it to keep us out of the sun. Kid you not, as soon as we set it up, the wind came, took that tent, blew it 100 yards back behind us, and broke it into literal pieces. That's how strong the wind was. But as we were there, there was a truck and a couple who pulled up beside us. And when they pulled up beside us, they had in the back of their truck looked like what's long boats hanging out the back of their truck and I just sat back and I watched and I watched them pull these boats out of this truck and and set these poles up and they pulled out what looked like was a big sheet a big plastic sheet and they put that sheet on the boat and then I I soon realized what it was it was a miniature sail boat but family I, I I don't know about you, but I'm not old school in that respect. I'm new school. Anybody in here know when we get on boats nowadays, we don't put up a sail. We stop by Exxon, amen, somebody, and we, and we, and we fill up the boat with gasoline, and, and, and it's called prop boats. That is the propeller pushes, pushes. That, that's how I'm used to going in, in a boat. I'm used to putting gas in it, and the boat goes. And I watched these people for about an hour set this stuff up, and I heard them say, man, today is a perfect day for these sailboats because yesterday the wind was not blowing. And because the wind was not blowing, we could not go anywhere. And I watched them, y'all, amen, somebody. This couple, y'all, the wind started blowing, and this couple put those boats in the water and held on to those sails and at the heart of that wind blew, all of a sudden, you saw, that, you saw them just take off. But they, it was interesting because they had to make sure the sail was in the direction of the wind so that they could catch the wind so that the wind would propel them. Amen, somebody. Come here, child of God. See, see here's, the, here's the difference. This is what Paul says when he says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Because some of us try to run our lives on propellers. And when you run your life on propeller, in order for a propeller to go, it has to fill itself up with something. Lord, Lord, have mercy. But here's the problem with going on gasoline. If you fill up on gasoline or alcohol, it eventually is going to run out and you're going to get stuck. Amen, somebody. But when you allow the spirit of God to move you and maneuver you, that is a force. That is a force that God will continue to blow you and he will take you wherever it is you need to go. Paul says stop getting drunk with wine and getting out of control. Rather, allow God to fill you up with the spirit so that you can gain some control. Over your life. Amen. Somebody. Amen. Somebody. That is the spirit of God beckons us. It's imperative. It's not a suggestion. It's not. It's not. It's not. uh, You know, I think you should. Paul says, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with God's spirit. And when you do so, it will change how you worship. Worship will become more than just about you. Well, I just, I'm just not feeling it today. He ain't singing in my song. He ain't singing it the way I like for it to be sung. That's a person low or has no spirit. But a person full on the spirit says, even though I'm not feeling it. There might be a brother or sister in here that they going through hell and high water in their life. And they need somebody to open up their mouth and give them some encouragement that they can make it one more day. When you allow the spirit to work on you, your life will become more than just about you. But I begin to look at others and see what can I do to serve other people. And lastly, you begin to look at life differently, don't you? That I don't begin to complain about everything in my life. Oh, Lord, the, the, the cotton broke down. Oh, Lord, the children acting crazy. Oh, Lord, my husband acting crazy. Sister Ross she ain't going to do with that. Amen, somebody. Listen. Amen. Amen. Uh, 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 Folk on my job acting crazy and, 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 and acting out. You will begin to say, Lord, that car might be broke down. But I thank you that I have a job to go to tomorrow. Amen. Somebody. Lord, them folk on my job might be crazy. But thank you for the income that you've given me to be able to provide for my family. Lord, that man might get crazy sometime but I thank you that you give him half his mind half the time. Amen. 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 Amen, somebody. You will begin to look at life differently. It will wear you out always focusing on what's wrong in your life. But when you full on the spirit, child of God, let me say this to you. This is why. Child of God, why haven't you been in church? Ross, I ain't been in church, man. So much been going on in my life, I just don't come to church. Listen, man. When you're going through trouble, that's not when you run from the church. Hey amen. You've been reading your Bible? No, I don't read my Bible, man. Man, this, you know, this disease, this, this sickness got me, man. I just don't even how to. Brother, this is what you need to fill yourself up on. And it will change the way in which you view. So amen, somebody. God bless you this morning, child of God. God bless you, family. As we move forward, Paul's admonition is: Don't get drunk. Be filled. That is, you get yourself drunk, but allow yourself to be filled by God with the Holy Spirit. Somebody this morning say, "Fill me, Lord." Amen. Somebody, fill me, Lord. Listen, you're here this morning, and perhaps you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, which means you have not been baptized in water for the remission of your sins. Would you come and submit yourself, your will to God this morning and be baptized in water for the remission of your sins. You're here this morning and, and, and your outlook on life has been drastically affected because you have not been filled and you want to ask the brothers to pray for you that God would fill you with the Holy Spirit. Listen, we bid you to come even this morning. You have health problems, financial problems, job problems on your job, children problems, marriage problems. Will you give us the opportunity to go to God on your behalf, that God would continue to fill you with his spirit. That though everything might not look good in your life, though it seems like you got problems on top of problems, God will give you the spirit to help you to make it one more day. Amen, somebody. God bless you this morning. Avenue Weapons. We together stand together and sing the song chosen by our illustrious worship minister. God bless you.